morning, everyone. Welcome. We get to go into the Word of God today. I'm excited about this subject in particular. Probably doesn't get talked about very much, but uh, we're going into one characteristic of our Father is His power and His authority. The power and the authority of our God. I don't know, when, when I hear that, what comes to my mind is someone that I deeply will trust. You put your confidence and your trust into someone that you believe has the authority has the authority of not just opinion, but a truth and absolute. An absolute, which I know that's a rare word these days. We don't, we don't use that a lot today. You mean there's still absolute truth? Yes. Yes, there is. And it's found in our God. It's found in our Creator. And... <clears throat> When I think of that, like some of you, you may, who would you counsel with? Who would you consult with for like health? What is it somebody is speaking and you stop to listen? You know, is it, is it a Dr. Oz? You know, or is it, you know, some other person that you deeply respect and the, you don't even will necessarily describe why you respect it. But this is what you know. You trust their authority. They are an authority on that subject. They are an authority in that area. And our God is this God who has all power and all authority. So the title today is, How Big, How Big is Your God? And may I say that in all of our living and in all of our occupation of life, trying to understand how big our God is, is a futile pursuit. Because you will never get there. You will never come to the top of the mountain and say, yes, I found it. I know how big he is. I found the boundary. I found the limit. You will never find it. And this same God with all power and authority, just isn't it interesting that Jesus, before he left his disciples, what did he do in Matthew 28? We do, of course, talk about the Great Commission, but I love what Jesus prefaces it with, especially in Matthew. He prefaces it with, all authority. All authority has been given unto me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. You have the authority and the power of God as your backup. So much so that he also has the authority to declare that he is 
with you always, even to the end of the earth. That's the kind of God you serve. That's the kind of God who is backing you up with all of his power and all of his authority. What is it can touch you? How big is our God? 2 Corinthians 6.18, we, we read this last week. God said, I will be your father and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. That word almighty is the big word. There's none beside him, none like him. He, there is none that has more authority, more power than he does, says the Lord Almighty. That's authority behind it. So today we are going to look at the authority and the power of God. When we understand this, and even though I told you it was a futile pursuit to fully understand it, may we have a little more understanding. It is, it is progress, right? It's progressive. Progressive revelation. So may today we also take another step to understand, and not just understand, but to receive the Father's authority. We get the benefits when we do that as sons and daughters. We get the benefits of leveraging our Father's authority. Believe me, you have people in Hollywood or you have people that are celebrity and rich, and believe me, their kids, they know how to leverage their Father's authority. Don't they? The money, the possessions, the prestige, the status, whatever it is, the name. They have that name. We have the name. We have the name of God Almighty found in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. All three power packed. We get the benefit. Somebody said to me, when, I, when you're seeking a job, when you're pursuing a job, I don't know, all of us have gone through pursuits of jobs. Although I must say, um, I was in the ministry for so long and was supported by the church for 40 years. And then all of a sudden, I needed to get a real job. That's what they say. To get a, <laughs> to get a real job. And after 40 years, I had no idea what I would be confronted with, you know. But I was told a long time ago in pursuing a job, it's not what you know. It's who you know. All you old timers, you know that. You know that it's the one with the authority. If you know the one with the leverage, with the authority, and the power of decision... Man, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you know if you know the right person. That's the way it happens. See, even for Joseph, Joseph of, Joseph of old, untrained, unskilled, 17-year-old stupid teenager, didn't know how to control himself, control his his dreams, you know, his wisdom to know when to hold them or fold them or reveal them. And yet, it's who he knew 
God knew him, and that's all he needed. But remember, it's who you know, not what you know. Our whole security and safety. The thing about a father is all of our security and all of our safety, even young children today, they draw it from the safety and the authority of a father. I know this is a touchy thing. All of our hearts are really heavy and grieving over the recent shootings. One in Buffalo to 10 black African-American folks, adults. But then the real kicker, 10 days later, having 19 children, fourth grade age, and a little above or a little below, shot and killed by an 18-year-old maniac who had absolutely no, no conscience. I know that in that moment, those children, they were crying out for someone to come save them, help them. Security and safety, it's no accident it comes from the person of a father. Thank God for the special ops of our border patrol who did not hesitate, ran in there like a father would. Let's keep praying into this. We know the politics on both sides, and it's, it's shameful. It had become so entwined. But you and I know the evil that we live in, the evil day we live in, and that the heart of a man is desperately wicked. That's the bottom line. Put a gun in his hand and it multiplies. But let's keep praying into that, praying that finally, once and for all, our leadership will get it, that it's the heart, it's the soul. I know it's a classic cliche, but it's nevertheless more, never more true now than it was before, that what they need is Jesus. Our nation needs a move of God, again, that will touch every mentally disturbed person, every detached, unconnected, isolated person. Our God is a great big God with great authority. In a word, God is transcendent. He's transcendent. He's off the charts. He's off the map. He's off the grid. He is off the hook. He is, he is the other.
When we say holy is the Lord, He's holy, He's holy, that means He stands alone. There is none beside Him. He stands alone. Then that's what He gives, gives Him great, awesome authority. Psalm 95.3, for the Lord is a great God, a great King above all gods. Notice it's, it's all big bold letters up there, but really the way that would read is small g. In other words, he's above all G-O-D-S, all gods, small g. Would you indulge me a little bit? I, this wasn't really part of my notes, but I just, I want to read. <laughs> it's hard to read about the authority of God, the power and the authority of God, and how separate he really is, how holy he really is, until we go to You gotta go to the book of Job. You gotta go to the book of Job. Do you remember Job, of course, through the whole book? He's in dialogue with his friends. You know, of course, who he really wants to talk to is God Himself. Not very smart on his part, but nevertheless, he was appealing, in a way, appealing to Caesar, you know, appealing to the highest court. I want to talk to God. Because I am okay and I did nothing wrong. I've got things to say to him. It took a whole book all the way to 38 chapters. And finally, God had had enough. He had had enough hearing from friends and all everybody else's explanations and narratives and defenses and articulations and everything else and finally God had had enough. It said in Job 38, then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, who is this who darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Now I'm scared. Now prepare yourself like a man, Job. I will question you, and you shall answer me. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me, if you have understanding, who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? To what were its foundations fastened? Or who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together... And all the sons of God shouted for joy. Where were you, Job? You think God is flexing his muscles just a little bit? You think he's exerting his credentials, his authority, his power just a little bit? Let me go on, verse 18. He's still talking to Job. 
Have you comprehended the breadth of the earth? Tell me if you know all this. Where is the way to the dwelling of light and darkness? Where is its place? Have you entered the treasury of snow? Or have you seen the treasury of hail, which I have reserved for time of trouble, for the day of battle and war? Wow, God's actually exposing his weapons that he could cast down on earth. And he did. Can you bind the cluster of the Pleiades or loose the belt of Orion? Can you bring out Mazaroth in its season or can you guide the great bear with its cubs? Do you know the ordinances of heaven? Can you set their dominion over the earth? He's not done yet. Moreover, <laughs> the Lord answered Job and said, Shall the one who contends with the Almighty correct him? He who rebukes God, let him answer it. Then Job answered the Lord. Oh, Job finally answered. He gave a good answer. Behold, I am vile. What shall I answer you? I lay my hand over my mouth. Once I have spoken, but I will not answer. Yes, twice, but I will proceed no further. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Now prepare yourself like a man, and I will question you, and you shall answer me. Would you indeed annul my judgment? Would you condemn me? that you may be justified? Have you an arm like God, or can you thunder with a voice like his? Job answered and said, I know, this is fast-forwarding a little bit in chapter 42, I know that you can do everything, and the no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. You asked, who is this who hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I have uttered what I did not understand. Things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. Listen, please, and let me speak. You said, I, I will question you, and you shall answer. I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear. But now my eyes seize you. Therefore, I abhor myself and repent in dust. And ashes. Why am I reading you all of that? Probably nothing shows the sovereignty of God. I know Job, the book of Job, has been under scrutiny and has been leveraged to criticize God for centuries. And it's true, we have an awesome, fearsome God. And we don't like to talk about that in church. We like to talk about the loving, the mercy, the grace. I grew up in church where the fear of the Lord was preached. And it's a good, healthy thing. Believe me, it is. It is a good, healthy thing because you will go off the rails if you don't have some kind of sense 
of awe and fear and recognition of who he is and who you are. Was that okay? Everybody all right? Yeah, that was a little detour. Because our God the Father, we're back on our notes, our God the Father, he is all-knowing. There's nothing, Hebrews 4.13 says, nothing can be hid from God. Everything in all creation is exposed and lies open before his eyes. And it is to him that we must give an account of ourselves. How big is your God? How big is our God? Our God is so big that he has all authority to make the call, to rule and to judge. When we, we have no idea how much we're saying when we say, oh, only God can judge. Why are you saying that? Because he's the only one that has the authority to do that. You have no authority to do that. I have no authority. We try to take some authority that doesn't belong to us. God must laugh at it. He must have thought it was pathetic to hear Job's friends tell Job how bad he was and how guilty he was. And that they cast this all this shades of judgment upon him. And he was probably sick of that too. He has a right to rule and judge. He has absolute right to rule over us. And no one can judge except, of course, our creator. How big is your God? He is a God who is ever-present. I think we did that a little justice last week. God's always near. Our Father's near. He's ever-present. Psalm 139 lays that out beautifully. Our Father is all-powerful. Jeremiah 32, 17. Ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power, and by your outstretched arm, nothing is too difficult for you. That's a prophet's revelation of the bigness and the greatness and the authority and the power of God. I would hope this would enhance our faith. Enhance our faith and our confidence in our God, who you're talking to. You can appeal to no higher court. You can appeal to no higher than right here with our Father. He's not just that. He is our Father. Psalm 33, 6 and 7 in the Passion. All he had to do was speak by his spirit wind command. And God created the heavenlies. Filled with galaxies and stars. The vast cosmos he wonderfully made. His voice scooped out the seas. The ocean depths he poured into vast reservoirs. Can I show you a picture? 
Some of you who have studied astronomy or you're familiar with space images, you know what that is? That's our home. That's our home. That's actually just our neighborhood. We call it, I forgot to bring my Milky Way. We call it the Milky Way. This incredible, incredible galaxy where we find our solar system. You see, that is over a hundred million light years broad. A hundred million. Now, I know this kind of part, it's a science lesson. You know, I know our world and our, our secular community always wants us to go by science. Follow the science. Okay, let's follow the science. Let's follow the science about the existence of a great big God with all authority and all power who happened to, according to Psalm 33, simply breathe it, speak it into existence. We don't even live in the middle of that thing. We're not the center of it. Scientists tell us that we're about two-thirds out. Somewhere out there on that outer perimeter. We live in a, this subdivision. We'll just call it a subdivision. Called the Milky Way. And you know how you get around in that? This thing can't even be measured with feet or yards or miles or kilometers or any known thing that we know that we would use to measure because our God is immeasurable. Our God is immeasurable. And then when you get to his creation, his creation is measurable, but not by our own understanding of it, of the way we use things here on earth. It's measured by, by what is called a light year. A light year. It's so big, it has to be measured in a light year. And a light year is traveling at the speed of light for one whole year. The speed of light, some of you know this, is 186,000 miles per second. Hundred and eighty-six thousand miles, every click, every snap. Hundred and eighty-six thousand miles the light has moved through the universe and it's trying to get across that Milky Way. And it can go and it goes for a whole year. Imagine it, 186,000 miles per second going for a whole 
year as we know it. It will cover 5.88 trillion miles. So, have I blown your mind? It blows mine. Don't tell me you understand that. Because I don't believe you. I have already gone beyond your comprehension. Because even the scientists still grapple with it. That's God's ruler. God's ruler is the light year. He measures space. And scientists tells us that there are hundreds of billions of stars. Hundreds of billions. They say there are hundreds of billions of other subdivisions like that one. Hundreds of billions like that. Now, you want, to you want to understand all this? Maybe some of you have read some of the material of Louis Giglio. You want to know where I got my source? That's my source. It's all in there. All verified and backed up, coming from our most world-renowned scientists in our universe. There's a man by the name of David Block. He's a scientist from South Africa. He said this, if you began to count the stars one by one. Now we know God counted the stars. God has accounted for every star. Not one is lost. And every single star is named out of his mouth. We talking about the authority of God? How big is our God? We may just get through the science lesson. He said, if you count stars one by one, one per second, count the stars. Count the stars. You go up there. I could go up there and count the star. Go up here and count the star. See the stars? Okay, let's go. One, two, three, four. Oh, there's two together, but I think it's, it's two, not one. Five, six, seven, eight. Dear God, Pastor, don't count all of them, please. And I'm going to count all of them. But he said, just one second apart, count every star one by one per second. It would take you 2,500 years to count just the stars in the Milky Way. All right, are we making a case? Isaiah, some of our prophets, they had revelation. Isaiah 40, 26, look up into the heavens. You do that next time. Look up into the heavens. Look at the stars. I hope you'll see them through the authority of God. I hope you'll look at them through a different light 
and know who created the stars. He brings them out like an army, one after another, calling each by its name. Because of his great power and incomparable strength, not a single one is missing. Huh. So picture our Milky Way, estimated at 100,000 light years across, only travel to your neighbor on the other side, travel 186,000 miles a second for 100,000 years. They tell us that our Milky Way, our solar, in our Milky Way, our solar system, our solar system in there is only the size, let me see if I can find one. one. They said our solar system is only the size of a quarter. The size of this quarter. That's our, so, that's our little galaxy, our little solar system in there. While the Milky Way size itself is the size of a North American continent. So, Pastor, what are you saying? Are you telling us, are you doing this to make us feel small? No. I'm telling you this because we are small. We are very small. Why? Because our God is very big. And yet, think about it. Here's the kicker. You are that small. I am this small. I am this, what I believe to be very insignificant. And yet, it magnifies and declares how great our God loves us anyway. And not anyway, but because of. He's the one. He loves you in your tininess because of his bigness of his love for you. So what does God's authority mean to my everyday life? You ready to write these down? We're going to wrap it up. I hope that knowing the authority of God in your everyday life, everyday life of knowing who you walk with, for you, I don't know about you, but it gives me great confidence and boldness. Is this empowering? It should be empowering to know that your father is this and you are that. But you are a son. He calls you son. He calls you daughter. He calls you friend. He calls you the apple of his eye. He calls you into the palm of his hand and no one can snatch you out of it. He calls you into that. That kind of relationship. 
He could, he could court relationship with anything and everything he wants. He could have anything he wants for relationship. He chose you. He didn't pick the lion. He didn't pick the animals. He picked you. He could have picked anything to impress his image, his very image inside of you. This triune God took his three-part DNA and he put it inside you. And every time he looks at you, he sees the one he loves the most and what matters to him the most. He has showcased the universe with all of this showmanship and yet none of it is anything to him in comparison to you. Please let that sink in. Let that sink in. May it melt your heart. May it endear you to him like nothing else. This is not, this stuff is not a fallacy. This is not a myth. This is not, I'm giving you absolute. You want science? You got science. And it begs the question, you mean that just appeared? Really? I always said it takes more faith to believe in that than it does in God. Believing God's a piece of cake. But you put that before me and give it to chance, and you want me to believe that? Are you crazy? gives us confidence and boldness and when we really get this we'll never have to fear again we never have to fear again we never have to fear anything again because we have the authority of the father in us never fear a bully never fear a devil just like David and Goliath of old there's an old preacher statement. They love to preach David and Goliath. And this statement has been around forever. You've probably heard it. Stop telling God how big your Goliath is and start telling Goliath how big your God is. Right? We need to do more of that. Start telling your mountains how big God is. Yeah, mountain, you're big. No, you're not. We know how, <laughs> we know how small it is now, right? Every mountain, every mountain in there is a speck. Because we didn't even talk about little earth in there compared to a hundred million, whatever it was, hundred million something of the size of the sun. It's a hundred times, hundred million times bigger than the earth. The sun, which is a star, you know. All right, I gotta rock. <laughs> Number two, the Father's authority summons us to yield to Him. Hebrews 12, 5 to 8. Yes, even that, I'm willing to yield for discipline. I'm, yield, 
I'm telling you, because I am a son, he loves me enough to correct me. He loves me enough to go after me. He loves me enough to chasten me. And thank God, I trust his authority to do that. He's not an abusive father. Whatever you're going through, it's going to mature you. It's going to grow you. It's going to bless you. It will not break you. And the Father's authority comforts and empowers us. The Father's authority will comfort us and empower us. The Father's authority will comfort us and empower us. When you know your Father's near, can you feel strong? You can feel strong. Some of you won't remember this illustration. I, 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 I do love this story. There's, an old, there's a movie way back. It's a nature movie, and it was just called The Bear. Any of you watched The Bear? If you haven't seen The Bear, watch The Bear. It's cute. Your kid will like it too. But there's one scene in there, my favorite scene in the whole thing, is that the little cub, he's not quite grown up, and he's, and he's trying things out, you know. He's out there trying things out, smelling the flowers and going down to the creek. And, you know, he's just enjoying life. And he's out there probably too far away from mom. He's out there by himself. And he's down there by the water. And all of a sudden, this huge mountain lion shows up. And he's across the creek from him. And that mountain lion is... He's postured. He's going he's gonna to attack. He is going to attack. He's going to take the bear out. And the little guy is looking at the cougar or looking at the mountain lion. I don't know, something instinctive rises up inside of him. And he stands up on his two feet. Probably stands no taller than me when he stands up. But there he is. And then he just roars, his little roar, roar. You know, he's just trying to intimidate. Ah! And all of a sudden, there is something joining his roar. There is another roar, but he thinks it's all him. It's all coming out of him. That what was a weak little anemic baby roar is now this big, huge, gigantic roar. And what he doesn't know is mama finally showed up and appeared right behind him. And she's standing behind him and she, he comes, she's actually three times his size standing there and that's all the mountain lion sees. And she's roaring over the top of him. Roar! And the mountain lion just turns and walks away. And the little guy never did know it wasn't about him. But see, that's what God's authority does for us. It comes alongside. And it, it's empowering to us. Believe that. Believe that his authority says, I am always with you.
Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you so much that we take such confidence, confidence and boldness. You said the the righteous are bold as a lion. Why would that be said? We are bold as a lion, not because we are anything, but you are everything. You are all God. You are all authority. You are all powerful. You are all knowing. You are everything. You are over the top. Lord, we love it, God. That you come. You come with great authority over our lives and over our mission, over our future. May this revelation take root to a deeper level like never before. I want to address anybody here that you have not put your trust in Christ. You come to church, you, you, you know, maybe you make a decision, maybe you don't make a decision, and yet this is a day that you could decide, you know what, I want to give my life to a God like that. I had no idea it was like that. I want to give my life to that kind of God, all-powerful, all-knowing, full authority, I trust him. I trust that authority. And I will trust that authority by saying yes to the person of Jesus Christ, his son, who died for my sins on the cross. And to receive forgiveness of sin and to become a child of his. That's you. You can do that right now, right where you sit. You're going to pray a prayer or something like this. Lord Jesus, I come to you right now and I ask you to come and save me from my sins. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me of every sin. Lord, I am sorry that I've gone my own way. I have been like a sheep, separated from you, wandered from you. I don't want to wander on my own. I don't want to be alone. I don't want to walk alone. I want you as my Savior, my Lord, my God. And I want to live your will in my life. Not my will, but your will, Father. You become my Father, and I become your Son. And I will be that all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to our Gateway Sermon Podcast at our Gateway City Church, Clovis Campus. We'll be releasing a new episode every week, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out. Gateway City Church is one church that meets in multiple cities. To find us or to learn more, visit mygatewaycity.church. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you right here next week.